The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Discover the power within. UnityOnlineRadio.org. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Yes, indeed, they're all around us. I just had evidence of that a moment ago, but we'll get into that in a few minutes. Welcome back, everybody. I'm back home after two weeks on the road, and it feels good. Good to have a good internet signal to talk to all of you. want to let you know that we have opened up registration for my March workshop in Sedona, Arizona, called Personal Mediumship Plus. A few more seats for that, and trying to spread the word about a three-day weekend workshop at Omega Institute later this summer. Check out all of that on my events calendar. Enough of that. I am so excited about my guest today. Geraldine Glass is a musician. She used to sing on Broadway. I want to hear all about that. Opera singer, internationally renowned as a singer, but now has moved into a different way of using sound for healing. I'm going to let her tell you all about it, and it's going to be a magical show. For now, please help me in welcoming Geraldine Glass to the show. Thank you, Suzanne. My great joy to be here with you. I can feel it. It's awesome. <laughs> Tell me about the, the, the background first, Broadway singing and, and opera. What was that like? You know, I always knew from the time I was a little girl that I was going to be a singer. I distinctly remember when I was four years old and I was twirling around on our front porch and I was just singing and moving my body and I had this experience of vibration of a voice that said this is what you're going to do in your life you know it was just as clear as it would come for a little child and um, when I was 11 I sang a solo in the middle school choir concert and uh, people said to my parents after oh she's talented what are you going to do about that and so my mom one day when I came home from school she said I have two surprises for you and they're going to change your life and one was a player piano they bought the family a player piano, and that was incredible. And then she yeah. took me to a neighbor who was a well-known singer herself. She had dubbed 
uh, Ava Gardner's voice in Showboat, the film, the MGM film, and then she was dubbing for Lucille Ball, and she had been on Broadway, and oh. I went and sang for her. My mom took me to her, Annette Warren, and she was married to the great jazz pianist Paul Smith, who played for Ella Fitzgerald, Sammy Davis, and um, I sang for her, and she said, I've never taken anyone this young before. We'll start with half an hour. And so I started with a half an hour. Wow. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. And then that turned into an hour and then it turned into twice a week, et cetera. And um, so when I was very young, I knew that I was going to go in that profession. And I, I ended up going to New York. And within a year, I had three big contracts. I did Jesus Christ Superstar, Mary Magdalene. I did a national tour of Showboat. And then I landed a Broadway contract as the upstairs maid in the 25th anniversary revival of My Fair Lady starring Rex Harrison. And I was the youngest in the cast. So neat. That was really a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Wow. Awesome. And yet that has so little to do with what we're going to talk about today with sound healing and your work now with crystal bowls. I have to apologize for interrupting you back then because I don't, I, I wasn't thinking we were going to get into this so quickly, but for all of you listening and those of you watching on YouTube, Geraldine has a son across the veil. And as we were talking, he interrupted me. She's holding up a picture for those of you who can't see it. He was shouting in my ear, my mom is so good. <laughs> Just like that. And I wasn't used to, I'm not used to having spirits talking to me while we're uh, starting the show out. So I welcome Dylan at any time to pop in, but it's probably why I'm having near continuous goosebumps. And I usually don't get the goosebump moments till later in the show, but he is very, very clearly present. You know, Suzanne, he's, um, he's been a strong presence. He was a, a, a strong presence in his life. He was six foot three and 230 pounds. He was a ski racer, a football player. He was a singer. He was a pianist. He played the electric guitar, as you felt. Um, he was a very strong and funny, brilliant young man. And um, he's that way where he is now. He still is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you have any idea why before the show started, he, he mentioned zither, which is a musical instrument. I'm not even sure what it is. Yes. And, um, there's a stringed instrument that we use together now that's called a monochord. It's different than a, than a zither, but a lot of times I'll play, it's kind of, um, an instrument that I can handle while I'm playing a bowl. So it's tuned to one or two notes and you can put little melodies in there but I can just stroke it with the right or the left hand and play the bowls with the other, and then I can sing with it. So I don't know. I don't know if that's, I'm not sure. That's definitely it. I'll never stretch anything, but there's a lift I get when people are interpreting why I got something. And he's saying, he's laughing at me like you would never have known what a mono thingy is. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, Uh, let's, let's go. Did you want to say something? No, I'm just thinking like probably that leads to, because the real monochord is a therapeutic instrument. So it's, um, and I first discovered that with him, um, I had created a children's foundation when I was living in Germany. And part of that, the, uh, the children's foundation was to encourage musical expression in each of the children. And then we would write an original production. And then the money we made uh, every year, about 30,000 euros, would go to a music therapy program. So right. one of the places we donated to was a place in Hamburg called Dunkelziffer. And they had this table. And Dylan was with me. All the kids got to go and see where where the money was going, where how they were helping. And these were especially kids that had been abused and neglected in the north of Germany. There was this huge table, 
and the strings are underneath it and you lay on it and there the therapist plays those strings and so again I wasn't totally into the bowls at that point uh, but laying on that table and each of the children got to lay on that and experiencing wow this is how sound actually enters your body and Dylan thought that was super cool <laughs> oh yeah he's showing me jumping up and down right now that's <laughs> very cool wow so we're just going to follow spirit and see where we go with this. But before we get too far from you talking about him being a child in Germany, I'd love for you to share this story that I, I read about you and him when he was singing in a contest. <laughs> He's such a funny young, young, oh my goodness. So as part of that kids foundation, a lot of the children would enter. It was a national contest, a national music contest in Germany called Jugendmusiziert. So it supported uh, youth making music. And there would be a different um, area to enter the competition every year. So sometimes it was piano, sometimes flute, sometimes dance, sometimes acting, whatever it was. And the year he entered, it was singing. And so um, the children from the Kids Foundation, a lot of them put together a program. And his was 15 minutes. He had to do five songs, a monologue, and dance. Wow. uh, (laughs) In 15 minutes. (laughs) In 15 minutes. And we actually wrote uh, an original song for him called I Have to Be a Hero, But I'm Only 10. And um, he made it to the semifinals. He did great. And then he came in the room a week before his uh, second audition and he said, Mom, 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 my voice, my voice. And his voice has started to change. And at that point, point I had not accompanied a a young man through a voice change like that. But I spoke with colleagues and they said, of course, it's possible. You know, you just need to make sure that the voice stays open and that he's comfortable. And so we did. And at that point, I had a set set of seven bowls. So these are the Crystal Alchemy singing bowls. And I had been traveling with my mom, I guess, the year, a couple of years before that. I've had the bowls about 15 years. And... um, I brought them home. They were so beautiful. When I first heard them, they were like a song that I knew. So, you know, when we talk about spirit and, and this connection to other realms, the bowls did that for me. They awakened in me a sense of this is a, this is a song that my soul knows. So I bought seven of them, one for each of the energy centers of the body. If I could just stop you a second. That's yeah. so, that phrase you just said snagged me there. This is a song that my soul knows. That kind of moment is what causes goosebumps. It's the way this, you know, the soul just says, pay attention. This is truth. I love what you just said. Yeah. And you, you have this sense of, I know this, or you, you know, and for all of us to tap into when we have that deep sense of inner knowing how important that is to listen with those with those uh clear ears you know and that the sound did it for me and so um when i brought them back to germany where we were all living he'd say mommy bring me to bed with my sound blanket he loved them and so a few years later as he was in the contest i decided that we should try also the bowls to keep his voice open and so the one bowl that he loved, for those of you who are, who are viewing, it's right above my head. It's a little yellow one. It's, it's a citrine. And citrine is the color of the solar plexus. It's the color of courage and of uh, confidence and self-esteem. And so he took that little bowl and we would, he would play it and he would, ah, ah. he would just try different tones and hum with the bowl, sing with the bowl, and then we'd practice his songs. And his voice stayed open, Suzanne. And so when he got up 
within that week to sing his contest, he said, hello, my name is Dylan. And since one week, I'm no longer soprano. And everyone roared. And I was blown away. How could my son in such a vulnerable moment in his life be funny? I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh. And, and to watch him sail into his program, he was singing the song, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. And he put this high, high, it was a B flat, but it ended up being a G note on the top because we lowered all his keys and he was completely comfortable and confident. And that was my first experience, A, with the sound being this kind of safe container that just holds you and you just express yourself, you're authentic. You know, and at a time where it would have been so vulnerable for him because, you know, you don't know, is your voice going to plop? Is it going to creak? Is it going to, what's it going to do? Uh, he was so souverain and so authentic. So that was kind of my first, I had, I had been using the bowls uh, with other students and I would see that when they had a blockage in their voice, I'm also a professor of voice, when I would be teaching them voice and there was a blockage there, um, I'd say, choose one of the bowls. Suzanne, they'd play it. And the blockage would dissipate. So it was like I began to see, and I, I knew it as a singer that sound was incredibly powerful and was a way to reach our hearts, the way to bring us to a higher sense of consciousness. You know, when you hear like an incredible piece of classical music or a fun piece that you just want to dance to, it changes, it, it connects us to something deeper. But to experience those bowls as having the ability to move a blockage to suddenly bring someone to tears and then the tears were finished and that blockage was had dissipated was really interesting for me. That was the first kind of, oh, more than being just these beautiful instruments, there's something else here. Let's go back to basic, basic crystal balls 101. <laughs> what is it about them that makes their tone so special? Why don't you describe one for those who are only listening? and what they're made of, and why they produce the sound they do. Wonderful. So I used to love the metal bowls. And when I was traveling as a singer to Asia, to Europe, I would always take a couple of little uh, Tibetan bowls with me before a performance. I'd put them on my belly. I'd tone with them, and I loved those. But when I heard those crystal bowls, they are made of pure quartz, and that quartz comes from near you. That quartz comes from North Carolina. It's one no of kidding. Finest mines in the world. And then the quartz is fired at between 3,500 and 4,000 degrees, and it's infused with what we call alchemies. And the alchemies can be earth substances like charcoal or frankincense. It can be a precious metal like gold or silver or platinum, a precious gemstone like emerald or ruby, rose quartz, or it can be an earth mineral like uh, vanadium. And those alchemies are infused in the bowls, fired, and then when you start to play them, there is this exquisiteness to the sound that um, is really beyond any instrument I had ever heard before. Whether we talked about the monochord, which is, you know, strings that really can play on the heartstrings of your being. They can vibrate inside you. But this had something, because of the chords, it's very grounding. And yet because of the alchemies, it's very expansive. And then as a musician, knowing, okay, I'm going to play a deeper tone, that's going to help people to ground so they'll feel stable. Or I'm going to play a middle octave tone that's going to be very centering for someone. They'll feel this, you know, like the bowl that Dylan was playing was very centering. Or we'll play a higher note that is accelerating, that will help to open. So, and when we play 
three notes together like that, we've got a chord. Dum, dum, dum. So we have something grounding, centering, and accelerating. So the main thing is that the body can feel safe. It can feel stable. And then you have the ability to drop in, just like we do with great music, without even recognizing it, you're in this space of what I love to call the ineffable, the sublime. You're in this place where you don't think anymore because the music has given your mind something to focus on. So the music of the quartz is unlike anything else I'd ever heard. And the instruments are only 20 years old. So they were really developed about in the year 2000. So now 22 years old, but they're new. And the vibration is so unique. When I, when I feel the vibration of these bowls, it just resonates throughout my whole body. I feel, I feel like my body immediately becomes like a tuning fork. And it's just this wah, wah, wah feeling that makes you go, wow, because it's so unique. So if you imagine that our bodies are made of approximately 70% water, and if we think for a moment about the work of Dr. Emoto, or um, there's some work that I'm doing with uh, John Stuart Reed in England, who's created something called a cymoscope, where you can actually see what does the shape of the sound look like. And when you look at the crystal bowls, there is never anything that is not pristinely beautiful, super sacred geometry, um, balanced perfection. And then you think about those sounds are being infused and amplified in the fluids of our bodies. And that's, that's what I've come to understand helped me so much to come through my grief, you know, so much. Let's, let's talk about that because in my work as a medium, resonance and coherence are two very important words that we come into alignment with the highest vibrations. So you're saying that if these tones only create the most beautiful images and we don't want to get, we don't need to get into cymatics too much here, but you can, it's translating sound into visuals. Then we imagine that that brings our bodies completely into balance or as much as possible. That's it. I mean, that's really it in a nutshell. Have you so, seen crystal bowls? <laughs> I have read quite a bit, but you're, yeah, I've, it's not my calling. Clearly it's yours. And that's why I'm so thrilled to really dig deep into this with you. So many, many of the people who follow my work or listen to the show or watch it are grieving the loss of a loved one. And I hate that word loss because they're really not lost, but the physical presence, we would love to hear your story of how the bowls helped you after Dylan passed. I'm, I, I'm, I didn't realize you already were into them when he passed. I thought this is something that came up later. No. So, I mean, he knew those bowls and he knew them inside out. And he had that deep experience of that citrine bowl holding him in the ability to just feel confident and sure in a time of his life that was so vulnerable. Right. So no, he had a deep experience. So um, I'll, I'll back up a, a moment. So, on the night that he passed away, which is March 27th in 2015, um, I walked down with a dear friend who had known Dylan in Germany. Um, we walked down to the ocean just in silence and um, trying to process, you know, for any of us, when we get that phone call or, or where we have that information that our child or our loved one is no longer with us, you can't process it. It's, it's shock. 
you know, and I used to say to Brain him, shuts like, down. just everything you just, you're just, there's no words for that experience. And so we walked down to the, to the ocean in silence. And I looked up at the sky and Peter, my friend looked up at the sky. And in that moment, Suzanne, there was this huge shooting star. And I, I grew up in LA. I've seen shooting stars in the mountains, but never in LA that seemed to begin by above my parents' house cross the LA basin and land in the mountains behind LA. And I could hear, it was like a big upside down smile. And Dylan had a huge smile and I could hear this whoosh. And then I heard his voice, mom, mom. And you know, he was like trying to shake me out of my, 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 my frozen grief. Mom, it's like we always talked about. I'm home. I'm with God. I'm home. I'm with God. I'm with God. Yeah. What he was referring to was as a child, when he would say to me, Mommy, Mommy, bring me to bed with my sound blanket, I would play one or two of the bowls and I'd lead him in this in a prayer or a meditation and we'd, we'd imagine colors, we'd imagine God, you know, so he knew that. And so for him, for me to hear, Mom, I'm home, I'm with God, it was like, bah! like it cut through me. And I had just asked Peter recently, you know, did you hear that too? And he said, I heard the shooting star and I felt the magic of what was happening. And I saw the shooting star, what was happening in that moment. But that was the beginning, Suzanne, of the path of understanding me as a musician that everything in the universe, everything in creation is energy, everything. Everything vibrates. Everything has a frequency. Whether it's, you know, when we have a disease, we have dis-ease in our body and our body's not in harmony. But on that night, when I heard the voice of my son, similar to the voice I heard as a little girl, I understood this. So we're going down a different path. So this is the world of energy, sound, vibration, and light. It's what quantum physics is telling us now. And yet, you know, it wasn't woo-woo. And the path proceeded with Dylan that when I was deep in grief, I couldn't connect with him. And when I somehow allowed my heart to be open and some kind of light to come into my being, there he was. You know, and that heaviness of grief kept me from being open to connecting with him. So it was sort of like, mom, you know, if you want to have this connection, you got to open to this. That's right. And the it, that's a tough balancing act for those who are grieving. They feel that maybe I shouldn't feel my grief then because I want to feel my loved ones so much. But you have to feel the grief. You have to allow it to process. Yeah. So about, I mean, the first big miracle then that happened was about three months later, I was working at the university and I just felt like I can't go back to being with kids his age. I can't go, I just can't be, it's not, it's not a good thing for me. And I knew that I had to do something else. And so we took a healing journey and, you know, on, on our bucket list together was to go to Machu Picchu. We had been to, um, we had been able to see Mount Everest. We had gone to a lot of the high peaks of the world with him being a ski racer. So I opened the computer and I Googled spiritual journeys to Machu Picchu and Dr. Sue Mortar came up, pioneer in bioenergetics. And I said, okay, great, but son, let's go with the shaman. Like we were having these conversations and he's going, mom, she is the shaman. That's who we're going with. And that's what happened. And when I met Dr. Sue, I gave her a little picture of him and 
Unbeknownst to me, uh, the day they went up to the top of Wanapichu, the famous peak at Machu Picchu, I was too weak and in grief to make that hike. There was just no way. She did a ritual for him. She did a little ceremony and she showed his picture and they photographed it and they videoed it for me. And when she came down the mountain, she was crying and she said, you have to see this. There is a beam of light that comes. We don't know, did it come from the heavens to his throat or from his throat to heavens? And you see it in the video, see that beam of light come in and land on him. And she showed me that. And that truly was the beginning of me being able to understand there's a bigger picture to all of this. And I don't know what it is, but there's a bigger picture to all of this. Wow. I can visualize that video, but it's just magical to see things like that. There's no other explanation for those things than that you're being told, here he is, here I am, mom, I haven't really gone away. No. And so then, you know, I would go back and forth in deep grief where you just, you can't get out of your bed and then you don't know how to go on with your life. You don't know, you don't know what to do anymore. And one day he said, I was in the kitchen, sitting at the kitchen table and he goes, mom, call the bull dudes. We're going to do sound healing. And now you're saying he says this from across the veil. You hear this clear mom, call the bull dudes. We're going to be doing sound healing. And I, I'm like this son, I am grieving you. Leave me alone. No. (laughs) And you know, we had these conversations and it's like, mom, call the bull dudes. And it went on for three days. And on the third day I called crystal tones and spoke with one of the owners and said, I don't even know what to say. My son has passed. I have a set of bulls. I have seven bulls. But he's telling me to call you and that we're going to do sound healing. Wow. And that was the beginning of this journey. So, yes, he knew the bowls so well. And, yes, he guided me to come onto this path now of how do we use this high-frequency crystalline sound. And, and as you asked earlier, like our bodies are made of, of the same structure as quartz. Our bones are quartz like in nature so that at the very cellular level we can receive that quartz sound on an even even higher level of absorption than let's say a metal bowl you know and the metal or the gongs are fantastic too but there's something that happens with that crystalline sound that the body can really absorb it and working with those bowls and him guiding me when i got those bowls i i don't know if we need to uh, if I should tell this now, we have one minute till the break. So. Okay. Um, I sat when I got the bowls, I chose bowls that I thought would connect me to him, like celestite for the celestial realm, selenite for grounded white light, ruby for transformation, rose quartz for the heart. And when those bowls came and I sat with them the first time, there was a misty white presence in the room and I could feel him and I could sense him and see this misty white presence and there he was guiding me how to play the bowl how to keen with it how to really express the grief I had been in grief therapy um, six hours a week and wasn't able to get to the level I got to with the sound and almost instantly I, I can't wait to hear more that is a miracle story I want to hear more about the journey and how everybody listening can heal with bowls Okay, so everybody will be right back. Don't go away. Great talk.
Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Thanks for joining us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. And our guest is Geraldine Glass. I think that's kind of amusing, Geraldine, that your last name is Glass and you play crystal bowls. That sounds like a setup. <laughs> you know, when you look back at your life, I think, and uh, you really can begin to see, I really begin to see a, a through line. And like when I think about that little girl twirling and singing and then where life has taken me and to have been blessed with the birth of this beautiful little boy and to have had this rich short life with him and you you can see you know the through line of our lives and glass <laughs> was my name my parents said that when they came over from uh, their grandparents came over from uh, Europe that it was Yostravinsky or Stroveninsky or something like that and then they named them glass my they named my dad glass so um, that's it it's really not made up so if people were able to see you, not just listening on the radio, they'd see behind you as an entire wall covered with these beautiful alchemy crystal bowls. How many do you have? There's over 500 here in the studio. And, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so we're the largest temple is what it's called from Crystal Tones. So, um, and we have created a wonderful YouTube channel where there's all kinds of free meditation so people can see what you're talking about. You can see the, the wall and all the different bowls and there's all different harmonic sets and themes. And I wanted to make, and Dylan was really clear, like, mom, you gotta, I mean, he's so strong. You gotta make this sound available for humanity. So we started, you know, this YouTube channel cup some years ago and um, it's built naturally and it's, it's great. People write that they really enjoy all the meditations. And, and he had me make two, two hour loops so there's two two-hour loops that people can just listen to studying or cooking or uh, relaxing, going to sleep. And um, it's just beautiful, pure Crystal Alchemy singing bowls. Best way to find those on YouTube is what? Uh, it's called Crystal Cadence by Geraldine Glass. <laughs> Crystal Cadence by Geraldine Glass. Okay. Now, what's the difference between being in person and listening on a YouTube channel? That's a great question. Um, we record everything in stereo. So I've researched being a classical musician. Sound, of course, is my medium. And we've researched and done everything we can to create the highest quality of uh, video and audio that we can. Um, and of course, first during the COVID time, it was hard because I was on my own. Um, but there's a lot of really beautiful, high quality uh, recordings on the YouTube channel. And then we have lots of music that's on our website, Crystal Cadence, that you can purchase for download that you can use in your daily life. But that was really, you know, when when that first sound healing 
moment happen with Dylan and I had those first 11 bowls, I'll just never forget that there was the ability to express grief in a way that I could not talk it. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't talk it, but suddenly I was keening and groaning and making sounds that were the grief. And I'll never forget one of the bowls, a selenite bowl, which is about grounded white light. And that was for me, the bridge that was bridging. Yeah, you got it. There's a selenite selenite right here. (laughs) And that, that bowl started sounding like nails on a chalkboard. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is kind of excruciating. And then I recognized later, it was only a reflection of my grief. It was a reflection of the sounds inside me that were trapped. And so when I finished that first session with him guiding like 50 minutes. I got up to wash my face and I'll never forget, Suzanne, that there was light in my eyes. I hadn't seen that light in months. And I was like, there's, okay, son, I get it. I get that you sat me down at the kitchen table and said, call the bowl dudes because we're going to do sound healing. There was something that happened that night that, that also began to change the whole path of what I was to do with the bowls, how my own grief was to begin to be felt in the deepest way possible. Like you said, you know, we can't take a pill. We can't, we can't do anything that will change the fact, but we can do something that creates safety for us to sit in the feelings, have the fullness of them, and then let them transform. And that's what he was teaching me. And I mean, it was a long time before I could smile before there was joy in my life again. And um, he also guided me one day. I just had the inspiration to call the Cancer Support Community, which is a nationwide organization for cancer patients and their families with alternative ways to deal with um, the cancers. And uh, I offered to play them a sound meditation. Never done it. Never led a meditation. And um, they were thrilled. So I came with my set of bowls that I picked out for them. And that was the beginning of a six-year relationship that had to stop because of, of COVID for right now live. Um, but that changed my life, that I could be of service through sound, like really of service, and that they understood grief. They understood loss. This was a group of people that were so hungry for sound, hungry for a medicine that would be calming and soothing no matter what they were going through. What were their experiences? Any healing stories there? Oh my God, so many, just so many. One, I'll really never forget. A lady came up to me after and she said, I don't know how to put it in words. And often I would sing with the bowls because that just is what my life has been. She said, I've meditated in the traditional way for 28 years, but I've never meditated with sound. And she said, she had stage four liver cancer. She said, all I can say to you is that I'm no longer afraid of, death because I've heard the sounds of heaven and you know situations where one lady would say to me what is that bowl she would pick out a particular bowl it happened to be the note and the alchemy that worked in her lower abdomen and that's exactly where she had just finished her chemo so but I would say that I mean there's many stories from the cancer patients but I would say that the predominant thing that happened for all of us was that we recognized that music and sound is love. It's love. And there was nothing in those in that room with all of us together but sound vibration and love. And that 
when we tuned into that love is really the healing factor, the healing vibration for everything. It's the universal solvent love. That became, it was so profound for all of us to really feel we're sitting in this space and the sound is holding us and there's nothing but love flowing heart to heart. There's no fear. There's no concern. There's no you know story about this, that, and the other. It, we're just sitting in the vibrations of love. That is so healing. Love, to my definition, is con- total connection, lack of separation. And how do you divide up the sound, right? It, it's, it just connects us all, aligns us all with our true nature. Big question that is repeatedly coming up for me as you talk. I enjoy playing the bowls for the sound that comes out, but I love when other people play for me. Some people listening or watching now may want to run out and get some bowls. And what is, you know, some of them are a little pricey. So do we want to dive right in? Is there a difference between playing and receiving as far as the benefits received? That's a great question too. I mean, again, that's why we created that YouTube channel and why I create music regularly so that people can have access to that and can really put their headphones on and experience it. And we do a normally a, a live sound bath via Zoom with stereo microphones uh, once a month, again, so people can have, wherever you are in the world, can have that experience. That's Dylan's like, you know, mom, this has to be available for everyone. Um, so that monthly live sound bath is that also through crystal cadence uh-huh crystal cadence is the is the name of the company okay. uh, i have a website Geraldine glass which has been more my whole career as a musician and then crystal cadence is all about the bulls um and then together um well let me answer that for that first so a lot of times because i'm training practitioners all over the world and you know i teach them also how do we keep ourselves as a grounded open channel so that when I'm playing the sound and I'm working with we just had a, a woman in Australia who worked with a, uh, a young child who I can't remember the technical name of it but she during COVID she began pulling all her hair out um trick trick I just can't remember the name of it um and she's working with her with singing bowls and the child is improving nice. so um it's important for me that I can teach people how do you also stay that open channel that you receive the sound you're making and sharing? But it's it's a difference, I guess, when you go to receive a massage or when you go to receive an acupuncture or some kind of healing treatment that you're, you can just let go, totally let go and be the receiver. Because I'd say most of us are really in an active giving and nurturing role. I'd say many, many women are in that, that kind of role and men too. Um, and to be able to be just on the receiving end is also very, very important. And sound is a, is a little piece of self-care, whether we just sit in the morning, put our hand on our heart and our hand on our belly and just, oh, amen. Saying om, if you can't hear her, it's a little soft there. Amen. Om or amen, or just an ah vowel, which is the vowel of the heart. You know, so we forget that our own voices and everyone can hum everyone. So sometimes I get people that say, I can't sing. I can't hold a tune. It's not about that. It's about what is your vibrational frequency? What's your signature? What is it that makes you unique? And if you allow that to activate just by hmm, and feeling that in your own body, that can be very, very important. But I'd say listening, playing yourself. I mean, it's just, it's nice to be treated to, uh, uh, 
a gift of a treatment. That's a, it's a very nice thing to just be in the receiving mode. How about some more healing stories with the crystal bowls? Different, different ways that you've used them. People, we've talked about people in grief, people with cancer. How else have you seen them transform people? I did some homeschoolers for a period of time, and there were two young girls and their moms that came to me, eight years old, and before COVID, and they had anxiety, and they named it that. An eight-year-old named it anxiety, and that just, I don't know, that alone broke my heart, but uh, I'd teach them how to play, and then I'd lead them in a little meditation, a guided meditation, and I'll never forget the one little girl afterwards said, I can't believe it. I was floating in this green meadow and afterwards all my anxiety was gone. You know, so we talked about then, well, how if you felt that sense of freedom, of floating, of safety, how do we integrate that feeling? You know, so how do, how do I teach her how to repeat that feeling um, without being in a session with me? So that was one with a child that was beautiful. Then I, I think about one, uh, I was leading a live event and um, I was playing about 21 bowls and there was a big, deeply grounding lapidolite. So lapidolite is a, it's a stone, it's an alchemy that ha- has a natural form of lithium in it. And it's a very powerful, so I'll use that bowl if somebody is depressed or has bipolar or mental in- instability. So the girl came up to me afterwards crying and she said, what is that bowl? Oh. And I said, it's, it's lapidolite. And she said, I have to say that my sister was murdered a year ago and I have not been able to move forward in any manner in my life. And I was called to come to the sound bath. She said that bowl went right to my heart and something moved in me. But oh, she another goosebump moment. <laughs> I know she picked out that bowl of the whole orchestra of bowls. So there's just been so many things. Um, I'm I'm imagining that and discerning that when you play, you are guided which bowls to take, which without knowing, well, this one's for the heart chakra, this one's for the crown chakra. You just are drawn and then Describe for us what it's like when you're in the middle of giving a crystal bowl. Do you call it a, a bath or a sound bath or a healing session? What do you call it? Oh, they love you can call it a, a sound immersion, a sound bath. At the beginning, that terminology was strange for people. They thought, do I have to put my bathing suit on or what, you know, what am I going to get wet? What is this? Um, so, but now it's more uh, popular. People understand a sound bath is a sound experience. Sometimes I'll lead what's called like a sound healing concert. So, um, again, before COVID, I would do a lot of live events with, um, teachers like Greg Braden. Um, and I would present a whole concert and a sound healing experience for, um, the participants. Uh, you can experience it sitting up, you can experience it, uh, lying down. And, um, there's, I always say, Suzanne, there's no one size fits all. But you um, don't have it planned out to you. You're just guided, right? <laughs> I'll always ask the bowls. So like before I would go on a trip or before I go to play at, you know, an event for, for something, I'll ask the bowls who wants to come. (laughs) I love that. Before my shift classes, I'll say, okay, we're planning uh, class one. Who's going to be a part of this set? And then they speak to me. I mean, and I'll tease, like I would say to my mom, mom, here's this classical musician, a professor, 
and I'm now communicating with my son on the other side and I'm playing crystal bowls. Something has happened and I am a little weird. And she goes, no, dear, you're helping so many people. But it's just like, uh, I will ask them, and I'm thinking back to your question. Um, we just had World Sound Healing Day, which was created by Jonathan Goldman, pioneer in sound healing. And um, that was February 14th. And a few years ago, I was playing a big C note. And we were working with healing generational patterns, and we had come to the father's side. And that big C note, which usually sounds like, sounded like and I was like what is happening no matter where I played that bowl and how I played it it had this squeal on it wow then I recognized in that moment okay just like it did with Dylan cutting through the grief with for me I recognized let that sound be Gerilyn and anyways there's nothing I can do to change it but it's cutting through some place of density in someone that's related to the father's side and what we were clearing. Um, and then the sound went back to being completely harmonic. So the bowls never play the same twice. They just don't. They are live instruments and they the quartz responds and the alchemy is to who's receiving the sound healing treatment. I'm thinking once I had a cancer patient who um, through the um, radiation, she, the chemo, she lost her ability to regulate her temperature. And she was a teacher, and so she'd be in the classroom, and she'd have moments where suddenly she was on fire and sweating, and then 10 minutes later, she was freezing. And so we worked with that, and she definitely had some improvement around that, which was really, really cool. So it's about the sound allowing it to be. You can't plan it, you know, and for me, coming from a career as a classical musician where every dotted quarter note had to be exactly correct in oh every rep, you know and the conductor it's reading huh it was like Gerilyn you have to trust that there's a just what you're teaching there's a much bigger energy that we don't need to understand with our minds and we just need trust to it give it permission just allow it yeah. allow it to express because that's what we need and that's what people need so how can people work this into their daily life we're already busy. <laughs> it's one of those things where <laughs> you'll find you have more time if you slow down a little, but how do, what's, what's a good way to start? I mean, forming habits for anything, whether it's how we choose to eat, how we choose to exercise, our sleep patterns or whatever, it's just making a commitment for self-care. And as I said earlier, like you can just put a hand on your chest and a hand on your belly when you're under the shower or in the bathtub and simply hum. Mm -hmm. And feel your center. One thing I love to do under the shower is just siren my voice. So, Please tell me why that helps and why humming helps. I was humming this morning and I just didn't feel that it was doing anything because I don't understand it. That's my left brain side. What is it doing? That And that oh. siren noise. That was pretty cool. <sighs> How much time do we have? I just imagine if I'm doing that in the shower, making siren noises, Ty's going to come running and say, oh, have you really lost it now? <laughs> the dogs will look at me with crooked heads. <laughs> I find that if we understand we are our own singing bowl, so for huh. me as a classical singer, I had to learn to project my voice in 3,000-seat theaters, over 100-piece orchestra, and not have a microphone. 
well, how did I do that? And you have these two tiny vocal cords and this body, you know, so you learn like to be an athlete. You learn how to use the correct muscles and then how to project and amplify. So it's the same thing if we all think about that we're an instrument and a very unique instrument, a God-made instrument. And how do we find our unique timbre? How do we find our unique vibration? And if I'm doing something like that siren, I am reaching down below my feet to ground myself in the earth and I'm letting the sound go up above my head and creating this pathway, this central channel of light, what I talked about earlier, that we're energy, we're made of sound vibration and light. So I'm So I imagine this sense of being deeply grounded and then being connected to divinity. So it gives me the sense, letting the sound vibration move in me of gathering and collecting all that I am through vibration. And it's kind of like tuning your own body, but you're the instrument. And so you need to guide it and it makes us all awaken. It makes us all be awake and aware Okay, and where's that pain in my body? Do I have a pain in my shoulder? Let me put my hand there and just see if I can hum there. Direct my hum there. Mm. Because again, everything's vibrating. And when we have a pain in different parts of our body, it's not vibrating. It's been shut down. So any way that we can create that vibration inside us. And and Jonathan and Andy Goldman have an incredible book called The Humming Effect which talks about all the biochemical things that humming does in our body um, and how it raises our frequency, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot, a lot to be said about that. You just gave me a big aha moment about the blockages is where energy's not moving and the humming gets it moving there. So beautiful. Um, You talked earlier about how the bowls help to remove blockages. Do we need to know where the blockage is and choose a certain bowl or listen to a certain recording or does it happen through the intelligence of the the consciousness energy that's flowing? Also so interesting, Suzanne. So for example, I might have a pain in my lower abdomen, but the initial cause of that happened with a heartbreak. So you say to yourself, is it one-to-one? No, it's not. It's never one-to-one. It's never take a pill and it's going to do the whole thing and bring us back, back to a sense of wholeness. It doesn't work that way. There's so many subtle, subtle layers. So there's not a one-size-fits-all and there's not a... We talk about bold prescriptions. So I can say to you technically, like for example, um, one of the young ladies that I've been mentoring sang the, sang the um, America the Beautiful on the, on the Super Bowl. And she chose to do it in the key of F because the key of F is the key of the heart. Now, did that have ramifications? Yes, of course it did. We were in the key of F. She could have chosen any key to do the song in. (laughs) Yep. The key of F is the key of the heart. And it was like, yes. So we have those elements where we say, okay, if I use an F bowl, I'll really be helping to work the heart. But that pain in the hip might have come from, I don't know, somewhere in the neck, or it might've come from just a thought pattern you had. So then you'd say, okay, well then we should probably work with the third eye bowl, which is the note of the A, but it's, it's finding what feels right and really moves you. We could say, I'm going to work with a salt bowl because that's going to help clearing and cleansing. Or for example, with cancer patients, I love to work with charcoal because charcoal is really about detoxifying, right? But is that the be-all and end-all and the one answer in a box? No way. 
And that's the thing that when we finally tune our own human instrument, we come to just as you know, you your job is to be present in the moment and your job is to listen and feel and hear and then respond with full heart presence. And of course, yes, the C note is the root chakra. That will help to really ground somebody. But what happens if I play a root chakra note and I'm using rose quartz? Well, that's going to kind of work with grounding heart energy at the root. Well, that's interesting. So they're on so many multifaceted layers, and I hope that wasn't too technical for us. It was technical, but it shows me how... I love your enthusiasm for it, your passion, and that just like mediumship, the journey's ongoing. I'm sure you're still learning and playing and discovering every day. I think I know so much, and then the bowls surprise me. And the bowls play, and it's like, oh my goodness, I never heard you sing like that. What are you saying to me? And then it asks me to tune in. And I think for all of us, you know, we get in our little boxes and we kind of do things this way and we get in our habits and what, what you asked earlier, like how do we integrate this in our daily lives? Um, that's why the YouTube channel is there also. Just see what it feels like if you're cooking dinner and you play the loop. You know, how does that feel in your body? And there's two different loops. There's a loop that works with the whole chakra system and there's a loop that works with the endocrine system. And that's, you know, very much technical, but see what feels good to you because you know, do you put the same shirt on every day? No, you like to change it up. Or maybe there's certain things that we have habits, but it's really listening. It's a deep, it's cultivating a deep sense of listening. to Well, ourselves. I have to tell you, I'm listening to your son now. And he's just saying, I love you, mom. I love you, mom. And I know you have a picture of like those little red lips emoji thing. Cause he keeps showing me this image of the red lips. So he's blowing you kisses, by the way. <laughs> you know, I realized like, you know, that one uh, Rumi quote that um, goodbyes are only for those who who love with their eyes because those who love with heart and soul, there's there's just no separation. There is no separation. But we as human beings have to get used to the idea of, okay, I don't get to see them grow older. I don't get to see them get married or have their life, whatever would happen in their life. I have to be content to live soul to soul. I have to be content to feel those little lips and to live heart to heart with that that being that I know so well, you know, and I I think about the moment he was born. um, When our eyes met, I remember laughing and I could hear him going, oh my gosh, so this is what you look like this time, mom? Oh my (laughs) goodness. I mean, I'll never never forget that look. You clearly are so connected and he's still with you. I wish we could talk for another hour, but you've given all of us so much hope and a wonderful modality to find healing, whether we play or listen. I hope everybody will visit your sites. I know what I'm going to be doing this coming weekend, and that's listening to some of those beautiful baths. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Just thank you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. 
Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.